0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 170. How to tell when the stock market is on sale by Mr. Money Mustache of MrMoneyMustache.com. Get ready to maximize your potential with Optimal Finance Daily, the podcast that brings you the best content in personal finance five days a week. Your optimal life awaits. Now here's your host, Dan Warren. Greetings, financially-minded people. This is Optimal Finance Daily, where I read to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And we always like to hear from you about uh, the content that you'd like to hear here on the show. Come give us your topic requests, your author requests, and anything else uh, that's on your mind by visiting oldpodcast.com. And before we get into today's post, if you are a frequent listener of this show, you have certainly heard me mention that we give away a book on the first of every month to one of our random email subscribers. We are now getting towards the end of the month, so it is time to sign up. You can enter your email address in at oldpodcast.com. That's O-L-D podcast.com. Or you can join very quickly by texting the word financial to the number 44222. That's texting the word financial to the number 44222. And I'll remind you again at the end of the episode as well. But for now, let's hear today's post as we optimize your life. How to Tell When the Stock Market is on Sale by Mr. Money Mustache of MrMoneyMustache.com. In a recent article in this investing series, I mentioned that the S&P 500 Index had delivered an annualized return rate of a little over 11%, 7% after inflation, for the past 60 years. But what caused that generous rate of return? And is there any way to know if the market is likely to return a similar or drastically higher or lower rate during our own investing lifetimes? To make a surprisingly educated guess, you just need to understand the formula that determines each individual company's share price. Share price equals company earnings per share times price to earnings ratio. The price to earnings ratio, or PE for short, is further determined by these factors. Earnings growth in recent history times bull random estimates of further growth. Thus, companies that have recently been enjoying growing profits and are flashy and exciting and thus expected to see continued profit growth are rewarded with higher pe ratios and thus higher stock prices a good example of a currently stylish company is google which trades at a pe of 20 google shares are worth $500 each because their earnings per share are $25 multiplied by the pe of 20 a less flashy but still very profitable counterexample would be the oil company chevron its share price is only about $100 earnings per share are $10.30 and the P.E. ratio is a nice conservative, 9.71. If the P.E. ratio were the same as Google, Chevron stock would be worth over $200. This is because investors expect Google to grow much faster than Chevron over the coming years. But since nobody can really predict future earnings of a company more than a few months in advance, the bullf**k random estimates factor is subject to revision each and every day, which is why the stock market fluctuates so wildly. Luckily, when you're looking at the whole collection of 500 large companies over a period of many decades, you can see a much more sensible pattern. An average P.E. ratio makes itself visible, which turns out to be the number 16.4. They get this number by calculating a weighted average of the P.E. ratios of all the 500 companies in the S&P 500 index. So, you could say that when the stock market P.E. ratio is above 16.4, it's unusually expensive. When it's below this number, it is on sale. You can of course dig deeper into the details and find exceptions to this rule, but a detailed statistical analysis of the market history shows that if you can buy the stocks when they are on sale way below 16.4, your next 10 to 20 years of investment returns are unusually good. If you buy it when it is way higher than 16.4, you're likely to get lower than average returns. This is because in the long run, company earnings and dividends tend to grow at a fixed rate, the same rate as the entire US economy, which has been about 3.3% after inflation for most of modern history. If you buy a stock which pays a 2% dividend and its earnings grow at 3.5% per year and the PE ratio stays the same over time, it turns out you will get a 5.5% return after inflation, 8.5% or so before inflation, on that stock. But If the stock market temporarily goes in or out of fashion and the P.E. ratio rises or falls, your return can be much higher or lower. From the 1950s to the year 2000, the P.E. ratio went up quite a bit, which provided great returns for investors over that period. In the dot-com peak of March 2000, the S&P index was teetering at a dramatically high P.E. ratio of over 30. In March 2010, 10 years later, the companies were actually earning more money but the stock index was worth about 30% less. That's because people were less euphoric over stocks at the time, so the P.E. ratio was much more realistic in 2010. In March 2009, there was a massive stock market crash, and the stock prices fell so low that the P.E. ratio was only in the 13 range, a level of bargainville that hadn't been seen since about 1986. If you bought stocks back then, you are already up about 100% in two years because both earnings and the ratio, investor enthusiasm, have grown. So what is the current PE ratio of the index? It is the current price, 1280, divided by last year's total earnings per share for the companies, $78.86, giving a ratio of 16.23, right around the average. So the stock market is right where it should be, historically speaking, and if this ratio persists, you will get a return equal to U.S. GDP growth plus the current dividend yield that stocks are paying right now, 1.83%. That adds up to 6.83% before inflation. If, on the other hand, P.E. ratios go higher due to enthusiastic investors pouring back in as they did in the 1980s and 1990s, you may get lucky. If you are doubly lucky enough to know when to cash out some of your gains into more stable investments before everything reverts back to the mean. I still don't recommend trying to outsmart the stock market by timing a repeated series of buys and sells, but I still like following this evaluation method to determine if I'm crazy to add more to the stock portfolio at any given point in time. When the market strays quite far from the mean PE ratio, that's something to get excited about. You just listened to the post titled How to Tell When the Stock Market is on Sale by Mr. Money Mustache of mrmoneymustache.com. Now, one last time for the week, if you want to be part of the drawing to win a book from us, all you have to do is be on our weekly newsletter list before the end of the month. And it's really easy and free to join. Just come by oldpodcast.com and enter your email address there or join even faster by texting the word financial to the number 44222. That's 44222, text the word financial. And once you're in, you're going to get some free spreadsheet tools from us and uh, you'll be entered to win a book on the first of every month. That's another week of Optimal Finance Daily in the books. As always, I thank each and every one of you for listening. Have yourselves a great weekend, and I'll see you Monday, where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollock, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more